0: You're listening to an exclusive podcast of The Chris Robinson Travel Show. Heard every Saturday and Sunday morning at 11 on Zoomer Radio. From exotic locales a continent away to weekend stays down the highway, pack a suitcase and your vacation imagination, it's time for The Chris Robinson
1: Travel Show on Zoomer Radio. Welcome to the Chris Robinson Travel Show, where we take you travelling to exciting destinations right from your armchair. See the world through your radio and meet some of the experts in tourism to get their inside tips. Have you ever wondered where the movers and shakers of the travel industry go for their own vacations? What the experts look for in their personal travel experiences? Well, this is your chance to find out as we board our virtual flight, or in this case, our virtual cruise, as we find ourselves in the company of Vanessa Lee, the Queen of Cruise here in Canada. Vanessa is a well-known personality in the travel industry. She's one of Canada's leading influencers within the cruise world and a noted writer and speaker on all aspects of cruising and travel. Vanessa was born in England, has lived in Australia, and has had a 40-year career in the Canadian travel and cruise industry. She was a founding partner of Encore Cruises, which went on to achieve enormous success as Canada's preeminent cruise specialist tour operator. Today, Vanessa is owner and publisher of the upscale Cruise and Travel Lifestyles magazine. And she is also president and CEO of Cruise Strategies, which promotes small luxury and niche cruise ships and luxury travel. Vanessa, welcome to the travel show. Oh, thank you, Chris. It's wonderful to be with you again. It's been a long time since yes. we had you on the show, so it's great to have you back and, and here in the more personal uh, part, part of the, the studio rather yes. than out in the outside world with a Hubble and Bubble going on. I think last time we were in the middle of a great big um, consumer travel show. I
2: think we were. And that was a lovely introduction. Thank you so much.
1: Wow, it's, it's the very least because you really are one of the best known personalities in Canadian travel. So we're, we're greatly honored to have you on the show and looking forward to all the insights we're going to get. Mm-hmm. And I'm lucky to catch up with you too because yes. you're always on the move. <laughs> I know that you've been to, what, nearly 100 countries now and almost 200 cruises as well. Yes,
2: yes, i have actually um, at 92 countries working oh. to get to the 100. I've been stuck around the early 90s for a while so I have to make a big effort. And uh, you can join the Century Travelers Club when you get to 100 as long as you can prove those countries. So ah, that's exciting. Right. So mm-hmm. that, that's the next goalpost. Yes, it? it is. It's one of the goals for the next five years. Well, how did this, this passion of yours for travel and
1: cruises in particular really grab hold of you in the first place?
2: You know, when you ask such questions, it makes you sort of go back mm. and to childhood usually and say, well, how did this happen? And frankly, I think part of it was completely an accident. But I would have to say that when I was growing up in England, I had an English mummy and a Canadian daddy. And one summer, my mummy said to me, darling, we should go to Canada for the summer. And I said, "Okay." (laughs) I mean, she spoke like this. And uh, my mother never flew. She only crossed. So we went on the original, this is dating me, Queen Elizabeth.
1: Oh, how elegant. Yes,
2: it was And so we crossed the Atlantic and sailed into New York Harbour one August morning. And I will never... I'm getting goosebumps, Chris, (laughs) just telling you this now. I will never forget that moment. And then spending time in New York, then coming up to Canada and um, just seeing how wonderful and beautiful a country Canada is. And then we sailed back a few months later um, on a Cunard liner again out of Montreal and up the St. Lawrence and back to England. So I think... That's certainly to some degree, set the stage for my love of travel and clearly for my love of cruising. It's
1: interesting. I we, we we have a parallel life here, I think, in some uh, ways, because when I was a, a young lad, my parents decided that they were going to have a look at New Zealand as a possible place to to live. So we went out, and again, in those days, as we're talking about the, uh, the 60s, we went out mm. by, by boat.
2: Yes, and it as, would have taken a very long time. Yes,
1: <laughs> it did. It was the Oronse, um, I, I seem mm. to remember, uh, one of the very old steam vessels, probably from, from the Second World War. Yes. But again, that just instilled in me as a, as a lad that, that love both of travel and of, of cruising uh, as well.
2: And it was a different era. It was mm. much more traditional and much more formal. And one of the things about cruising that I love is in these ensuing years, uh, how much cruising has changed mm. and how innovative it is as a business model and how exciting and thrilling and all these great ships coming in that never seem to stand still which I think is is lovely. Yes. You know, it yeah. speaks to today's so, audience.
1: So, so today I mean if you want to to dress up in a tuxedo and mm-hmm. a, to to go to dinner there are cruise lines that will facilitate that but if you just want to keep it casual throughout then likewise the choice is there.
2: Correct. I think the the key thing is there's is a myriad choices mm. all sorts of different ships, sizes, cruise lines, high-end, elegant, luxury, expedition, casual, carefree sailing you know, people say, oh, I don't want to cruise. And I go, oh, well, you really have no idea how many ships are out there and how diverse, and, of course, river ships as well. Mm. But it is definitely less formal, generally, across the board than it ever has mm. been. And I think they've basically found where they need to be. And there's a greater choice in the world of cruising now than there, yes. there ever has been. totally. It's yeah. remarkable. And, and you've been so
1: much a part of that. I mean, mm-hmm. you've, you've brought this to, to Canada and to, to Canadians. Uh, you were there, not, if not from the start, but um, no. from, from early days.
2: Well, I started selling cruises in Canada in 1981. Wow. So it's that long. So I guess that's 36 years of my total 40-odd-year yeah. career. So very – and I didn't know at the time that that was going to be – My focus, but it just sort of morphed into that. And as I Mm. said, sometimes you fall into things by accident. And we realized that with so many baby boomers in Canada at that point, there were about 10 million of a 33 million population, that they would be ideal to go into cruising and to try cruising something different. And it's proven itself. Definitely. And then, then of course, this whole new sector of river cruising has has just. Blossomed, it's it's amazing. Mm. Um, and I was just writing an article this morning before I came here about Crystal River cruising. They're now, you know, Crystal has been ocean cruising for years. Now they're into river. Yeah. Um, I was on Amma Christina, a christening ship, christening the ship uh, with the godmother a few weeks back, and they've just celebrated their fifteen years. So again, and it's maturing. So oh. as these ships come. They do mature. They change the concept. They change the inclusions. So again, it's a nice thing to see how they're um, adapting to the guests' preferences and the size of ships. Now, of course, on the rivers they can only be so long, so <laughs> yes. high, and so wide. <laughs> Otherwise, they're <start laughs> through those locks. Yeah. You hit your head on the bridge, or you, <laughs> or you get stuck in the lock. That's not much not fun. Not a good
1: thing. No. Now, I'm pleased you, you mentioned that word, godmother, because mm. there's oh. no greater <laughs> honour in the cruise industry than to be asked be the godmother of a ship and you have had that that honor.
2: I have and here you've given me goosebumps again. (laughs) It was a remarkable privilege and honor to christen the Avalon Vista in uh, May of 2012. It was thrilling for me. As I said at the time it was better than getting married (laughs) because it was all just about me and the ship. No I'm teasing but it was um, something I had wanted to do um, and fortunately somebody decided to ask me, and I had told them I would wear a big hat and make sure the bottle smashed. And Both I of did. which you did. I've seen the hat was trying to blow off <laughs> because it was very windy. It was pinned down. You know? But um, truly, such an honour, r- remarkable, and a great ship and a great cruise line. So. Yep, one of the things off the list. <laughs>
1: <laughs> but you've still got a few more to go. I do. <laughs> so no worries there. And you know, like me, if you like, as a, an immigrant to, to mm-hmm. Canada from from the UK, I, I guess you've got a special love for, for this country too.
2: I do. And um, as you mentioned earlier, I publish travel magazines. I have my own bespoke magazine, which I publish in English and in French. And in the January issue of Cruise and Travel Lifestyles, I had determined we would give a great piece of that book, which is normally about cruise and travel generally, um, of the magazine, we would dedicate a number of pages to Canada for her sesquicentennial. And I was just, I didn't, you know, you live here for a very long time. I've lived here most of my Mm. adult life. I adore Canada. My father was a Canadian. But when I started to research the magazine and decide what content we should put in it, and it brought home to me Mm, how marvellous this land is. Yeah, the, it really the, is. The true north, strong and free. What a great country we have. How liberal we are. How welcoming we are. What a kind nation we are. And, of course, all our natural resources. And then you start writing about all these places across the country. It's, oh, gosh. Yeah. It's, it's, it's exciting. And so it's a little way of me giving back to my adopted country. Again,
1: we're, we're, we're running in parallel here because one of my great uh, themes on the travel show is is, is to... Urge Canadians to go out and see more of their yes. own country, now, especially the north, which is difficult to get to, admittedly, but it's so, so
2: glorious. The true yes. north. The true north. Yeah. And even if you do polar bears in Churchill, Manitoba, or you go up into the Torn Gats in Labrador, yeah. I mean, just head out to the east coast. You could spend a month on the east coast going through all the provinces. Yeah, and our national parks, we have more national parks than people realize. Yes. Yeah, I learned this.
1: And many of them are, indeed, up in the Arctic.
2: And this year, they're free entry.
1: Yes. It's the reserves. We're on a virtual cruise today on The Travel Show. and My fellow passenger is Vanessa Lee, one of the great advocates of cruise travel in Canada. And when we come back, I'm going to be asking Vanessa about where she loves to travel most, both professionally and personally. Stay tuned. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show. What's
0: new with Transat? Where to begin? How about the turquoise waters of the Caribbean? The Transat Cruise Program now offers new flights from Toronto and Montreal to San Juan and Tampa. And with Transat, there's something new in the air. Their in-flight gourmet experience is an exclusive with a new chef's menu and club-class service, new on Transat's Boeing 737s. When you think Transat, don't just think what's hot for summer, think what's new. Transat.com,
3: what's new with you? The Toronto Fringe Festival is always an adventure. You never know if you're going to be the first to see the next big thing. With 160 shows featuring comedy, musicals, dance and theatre for kids, chances are good you will discover someone for an admission price of only $12. Now, ask yourself what you'll be paying once they do become famous. Come and unleash your inner artist at the Toronto Fringe Festival, July 5th to 16th. The largest theatre festival in Ontario. Tickets at Fringetoronto.com. It's still 3.03 a.m. Nights seem extra long when you're coping with aches and pain. If only you could get some rest to start feeling better. Write down Live Relief. Think Live With Relief at the store choose the blue package for aching swollen joint pain the green for nerve pain read the box instructions to find out if live relief is right for you help is close in 5256 stores across canada the world of elvis presley tupelo where he was born memphis where he was discovered vegas where he was rediscovered graceland where he lived collingwood where he lives forever Zoomer Radio is proud to be the official radio sponsor of the 2017 Collingwood Elvis Festival, the world's largest Elvis festival, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday, July 28th to 30th in downtown Collingwood. There's Elvis, and there's Elvis, and look, there's Elvis. Don't miss the new additions to this year's celebration, including an Elvis gospel competition and Ultimate Beginnings, nuggets about the king that even you didn't know. Zoomer Radio has wall-to-wall coverage, of course. We're Elvis fans like you. Come by, say hi, become a member of the Zoomer Fan Club, and get a limited edition Zoomer souvenir of the big weekend. For everything you need to know, go to CollingwoodElvisFestival.com and keep listening to Zoomer Radio, the official radio sponsor of the 2017 Collingwood Elvis Festival. Discover the triumphant sound and vocal blend of three unique tenors, E. Tenori, as they return exclusively to Niagara Falls View Casino. August 9th to 13th, experience the unforgettable performance of E. Tenori, live at Niagara Falls View Casino. Visit fallsviewcasinoresort.com for tickets. Don't miss E. Tenori, live August 9th to 13th, only at Niagara Falls View Casino.
0: He's been there, done that, and wants to go back. You're
1: listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to The Travel Show, where my companion on the ocean waves, or is it perhaps a European river cruise, is Vanessa Lee, cruising expert par excellence and queen of the ocean waves. Vanessa, your cruising and other travels have taken you to many of the distant places on our planet and many of them multiple times over, I know. But let's talk now about some of your very personal favourite destinations. Where do you want to start?
2: Well, I'm just trying to recover from Queen of the Waves.
1: <laughs> oh, come on. You've been uh, called that before.
2: <laughs> I, absolutely. Actually, I have, yes. Um, I think, for me, travel when it's personal, is um, evocative and I seek out certain countries again and again, as you inferred. Italy, I adore. I try to go to Italy almost every year, even if it's just for a a quick moment on a ship. But Tuscany, the, um, the, the food, the earth, the... Everything about Italy just appeals to me so much. Um, and I can't even I can't believe that some people tell me they've never been to Italy. I'm like, <laughs> get yourself there now. It is the centre of the travel
1: universe. I think it's still the number one I believe, destination yes, I in think the it world, is. isn't it? Yes,
2: I think it is. It is, absolutely. And, of course, one can do a lot of cruises around Italy. And uh, yes. and uh, we've just finished writing an article on that, in fact. But um, also, I love Greece. One of the best things I ever did was sailing, um, I think it was Athens to Istanbul. We were on Windstar, which is a beautiful sailing yacht. Mm. I I love Windstar. And we were sailing into Istanbul at dawn (sighs) on a beautiful, sunny summer's day. And we got up at five a.m. and we're all at the front of the ship as we as we come in, and the minarets and the domes and the towers and the sounds and the bells and everything, the call to prayer, uh, and you're in you're coming into Europe, but on the other side of the river on that Bosphorus, that's Asia. You simply cross a bridge and you go from Europe to Asia. So it straddles. It's an exotic, wonderful place. I just hope they can get themselves back on schedule, you know, soon and figure out what's going on in that part of the world, yeah, because it should absolutely be one of the places that people go to it's to me it's one of the top 10 cities in the world if not higher on my list
1: yes i it, istanbul has got a special place in my heart mm-hmm. too i remember going there in my backpacking days mm-hmm. and and just
2: it's it, like a, it's not like anything else no it's not it, so when you see places they just take your breath away.
1: It, it sits, as you say, uh, striding across two mm-hmm. continents and yeah. connecting them, and yeah. it's, it's a little of both, and, and yet something even more exotic. One of my my most wonderful times there was just taking a, a little local ferry uh, up the uh, the Bosporus, mm-hmm. uh, all the way up to the uh, the Black Sea, because you're you're very close there, and and it stops at each little port as you go up from Istanbul and you can have a a local fish restaurant right on the uh, on the Bosporus.
2: These are the moments, aren't they? And I often find the moments come when you're dining, when you're sitting Mm. at an outdoor cafe or you're sitting on a terrace somewhere overlooking a great vista and you're simply eating a uh, the the f- no, local foods, perhaps it's bread and cheeses and some olive oil and, uh, you know, if you're in Italy, some ham, pr- prosciutto or a pizza. Yeah. But fresh fish are caught in the Bosphorus, you know, those are the moments I think that are evocative for people, and they certainly are for me. Yeah,
1: I think that's why too. Cuisine has become so much a part of the the travel experience that people are, are looking for. And, and I know that from uh, our, our show uh, last week was uh, on Ethiopia, and mm-hmm. very much a part of traveling around Ethiopia for me was the experience of, of eating the, the, the local uh, foods and the injera bread and and, and so on as you, as, as you travel around. That that's that's
2: resonant of the country and the people. It is, and it, it's an important factor when you go abroad and you travel to interact with the locals, to eat some of the local dishes, to participate in the culture.
1: And that's one of the reasons, too, why I, I suspect that for, for you and for me, too, Tuscany uh, mm. is such a oh. wonderful place because it all comes together there, the food, the wine, the, the, the history. The so culture. delicious in every
2: way, <laughs> completely. But, you know, other cities, I love big cities, but I also love the countryside. I lived in Sydney, Australia. I loved it. Yes, tell me about Sydney because that's a... Oh, God, I mean, place. that's a very long time ago now, mm. but and I was quite young, but it was a, a glorious... Um, uh, stay there for just over two years and in and it's a natural harbour when you come into Sydney mm. and it the sunshine of course is <laughs> literally there all the time which is never hurts. It's just a fantastic city. The Sydney siders, the people who live there, the Australians in general I love. I think they're one of the best um, People on Earth, and if you travel with Aussies, which of course happens on a lot of river cruises, you'll get a lot of Aussies yep. on the rivers. Um, they're so much fun.
1: Yeah, I, th- I think the the Aussies and, and the Kiwis and New Zealanders yes, are, oh, are perhaps absolutely. closest to uh, to Canadians in, yes, in their, their worldview.
2: Yeah, I agree. We um, are very similar and coming in again uh, sydney is one of those those
1: magical cities where coming in by water mm. is in itself a transformative experience
2: yeah it's like vancouver it's like mm. san francisco yeah. there are certain uh, cities that if you can arrive by ship do so yeah or at least do it one time
1: yeah the, the other thing about Sydney is it's a great jumping-off point for so many other wonderful parts of Australia, like the Great yes. Barrier Reef, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yep. Have, um, you, have you been up there?
2: Yes, I snorkeled on the Barrier Reef many, many years ago, and, of course, it's in danger now, oh, which no. is part of the problem. I know. There's all these UNESCO World Heritage Sites of which the Barrier Reef is one, and I think that's the other thing, that people need to start travelling and seeing these places before they disappear on before us. Before they go. Particularly um, reefs, oceans, and, and animals.
1: Yeah. Well, we'll come on to to your love of animals um, Mm -hmm. later on in the show because I do want to talk about that too. Mm -hmm. Um, But uh, let's go back to the Greek islands because they're they're very special places And you can
2: cruise. I think one of the ways to see the Greek islands Mm. is to cruise, obviously, because it's Mm. so much easier rather than getting on and off ferries is get on a beautiful ship and just spend seven or ten days cruising the Greek islands. And it's remarkable how different they all are. Yeah. There are so many of them, but yet each is unique. Yes, I've been to about... Dean, I Have guess you? that's are a different lot. Greek
1: islands, yeah. yeah, but there's so many more to see.
2: Yeah, there are, and some I couldn't even tell you the names of them or where they exactly are located. Whether they're in the Aegean or in the Med, more
1: yeah. so. And and I find it as difficult as I'm sure you do too to
2: start pulling out favourites from the Greek mm-hmm. islands. But I do love Santorini, though. And yeah. If you can take that donkey ride up, which is hysterical. <laughs> oh, God. If a little tough on the behind. I think it's better to take the donkey up than the donkey down because one tends yeah. to think one's well, going to fall over its head. Maybe better to fall off its backside. <laughs> <laughs> but to, um, part of Santorini, you know, as you've been, is to go to Ia, which is where yeah. uh, at the far end of the island, and you can see a sunset there, which is... Acclaimed throughout the world and these are the sorts of things that people should should do and see. I love Greece. Yeah. The people too, so right? So do I, yes. There's something about the air in mm-hmm. Greece that is just yes. different. It kind of, it
1: It sounds silly but it is no. it's true whenever I go to Greece and I was in Greece earlier on this year. Mm-hmm. Um, not to the islands actually, to the Peloponnese which was a part of Greece. Oh, I love the Peloponnese. I hadn't really explored before. Big olive
2: area. Yes. Olive growing oh, area. I
1: mean, and we what, were just outside of Kalamata which is oh, where well, there you are. great olives come from. So. <laughs> yeah,
2: There's so many Diverse areas of Greece, actually, which people don't always realise. Mm. Yeah, yeah, especially no, on the mainland, if you true. will. Mm-hmm. And I'm
1: I'm enjoying uh, uh, travelling around Europe vicariously at the moment through my two boys. My uh, eldest was was just in Santorini. Oh, it's fine. We, we FaceTimed him with this. He just showed us over the edge of uh, of his uh, uh, veranda, uh-huh. looking at this. You know, down into the caldera. This. Oh yes, ancient, the caldera. Yes, the yes. ancient volcanic. Yes. That blew itself up was yes. probably Atlantis. I mean, by well, all they
2: they say that. Yeah. It's, it's interesting, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. So the sea is a different colour there. It, it truly is. And you know what? That reminds me of the Amalfi Coast in Italy. Mm. It's very similar, um, and that sea is the same sort of deep cerulean colour as Greece is, mm. there are these certain magical places on Earth, aren't there?
1: Yes, yes. And so many of them are clustered around the Mediterranean.
2: Indeed. So,
1: uh, talking of, of, of this uh, um, vicarious travel, my youngest son mm-hmm. is, is doing three months backpacking around Europe right now. As
2: every kid should do if they yes. really can. It's the one of the Find best the parts of education. Yep. Take a time off.
1: He took a year off, spent yes. nine months making some money. Some Some money money and then three
2: months travelling. Out
1: there with his girlfriend. And they were just in Tuscany, so (laughs) I was reliving Tuscany. It it
2: changes perspective. So whether you travel as a young person or middle-aged or if you can't travel until you're older, nevertheless, get out there and travel. See something. And currently, change your
1: world. currently my uh, my youngest is in the south of France, which I know is another oh one of your my special God. places. <laughs> Don't we just adore the south of
2: France? You know, I went to the French Riviera when I was 10 for the first time. Um, we stayed in Joanne-le-Pin before uh. it was famous, I have to say. <laughs> well, I'm sure you helped make it famous. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I still can remember the smells, the sights, the sound, the taste of melon, <sighs> getting up early to swim with my dad in the water. in, in um, it, it just... I don't know. Those memories—they just live within you. It's so enriching to consider them. Yeah,
1: get out there, do yeah, it. Get out there. Yes, yep, enough with excuses. It's always good to hear of our travelers' personal favorite destinations, but sometimes it's equally revealing to hear about their bucket lists too. So, where does the queen of Cruise, who sailed to so many destinations, still aspire to go? You can find out next on the Chris Robinson Travel Show.
0: What's new with Transat? Where to begin? How about the turquoise waters of the Caribbean? The Transat Cruise Program now offers new flights from Toronto and Montreal to San Juan and Tampa. And with Transat, there's something new in the air. Their in-flight gourmet experience is an exclusive with a new chef's menu and club-class service, new on Transat's Boeing 737s. When you think Transat, don't just think what's hot for summer, think what's new. Transat.com, what's new with you? It
2: affects the lives of over 3 million Canadians. It's incontinence. And we at Healthwick are here to help. If you or a loved one are dealing with problems of bladder control, you need to go to healthwick.ca today, where you can shop from Canada's largest selection of brand names and sizes, including Prevail. With hundreds of incontinence products, we at Healthwick will find the best solution for you so you can get back to living. Healthwick.ca. Helping people take care.
0: Canada is celebrating, and so is Julio at Pollux Carpet Market. I'm Julio! Celebrating Canada's 150th birthday. Happy birthday to us! Pollux Hardwood floors are made from true Canadian timber. All Canadian hardwood flooring is on sale at Pollux. Would you please stay? On your new Pollux Hardwood floor. The biggest deals on Roncesvalles! Consumers' Choice Award winner! Happy 150, Canada!
2: Pollux Carpet Market! Hey, OLG slots and casinos after work? Yeah. I should warn you, I high-five. A lot.
0: Okay, what's a lot?
2: When I hear those bells and see those slots and e-tables, I am a high-fiving machine! Bring it on! Oh!
0: (laughs) (laughs) We'll work on it. Let's go. Take a playcation at OLG slots at Woodbine Racetrack. With wall-to-wall games, great food, live entertainment, and lots of chances to win, fun wins every time. Must be 19 years of age or older.
3: I'm Michelle Gould of Magic Windows. Recently, one of our customers sent us their heating bill. Year over year, it decreased by over half, thanks to Magic Windows. Did you know it costs more to cool your home? So savings-wise, summer is the best time to put in Magic Windows. With the cost of hydro these days, what are you waiting for? I'm Michelle Gould, and I love Magic Windows so much, I decided to work for the company. Hi there. Oh, hello. You uh, interested in one of our cars? Yes, this one. Listen, what's the actual price? Sorry? Well, I saw the advertised price, but you know, there's
0: always a bunch of hidden fees Not in there. here.
3: Oh, no? Not at any dealer. <laughs> right. Nothing? Nope. Uh, of course there is the... Oh, uh, yeah, of course. Yeah, here it comes. The, the complimentary old... ice scraper. Complimentary ice scraper. And this is for... Scraping ice. Okay. Ontario made all-in-price
0: advertising the law. No more hidden fees. A consumer protection message from OMVIC, Ontario's vehicle sales regulator. Seeing the world through your radio. You're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel Show
1: on Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to the Travel Show. And we're here with Vanessa Lee, doyen of the cruising world here in Canada and publisher of Cruise and Travel Lifestyles magazine. You've described some of your favourite parts of the world, Vanessa. Now let's talk about some of the places that are still on your bucket list as you start cruising your way up the Century Club list. Uh
2: Where do you want to start? Gosh, well, you know, I've been trying to go to Borneo and the Indonesian archipelago for a few years now, and it's been elusive and this brings me to my love of animals too, Chris, because one of the places, one of the things I love to do is mm. when I go somewhere is if I can put animals on to that list at the same time, it's great. I've been to Africa several times. Oh, well, I've gonna, been on safari. We're going to be
1: talking about that Yes, yeah. love,
2: love, love that. Uh, but um, the orangutans are in Borneo and um, they are in danger. Uh, I do support the Orangutan Foundation. I did adopt another oh. redhead called Krista. <laughs> Good for you. And uh, because this is radio, I should explain that Vanessa is herself a redhead. So she clearly feels a special
0: affinity. That's right.
2: Um, and they do a wonderful job of, of uh, rescuing the um, young. And mm. sometimes, you know, b- both the mother and the baby, or the, mo- the baby may have been orphaned, or, or they've simply been hurt in the wild, or they're being pushed out of their natural habitat. So, I want to hug an orangutan. <laughs> and they I think they share like 98 point blah, blah. They are, I think they, of our are, DNA. Yeah, they are the closest. The they closest. are unbelievably
1: close. It's almost 99%, yeah. or
2: it's around the 99%, which is remarkable when you consider that.
1: Yeah. And this is probably the only time in the show that I've got one up on you because I have actually been to Borneo. Yes, you uh,
2: dash <laughs> it all. i have envious. To, to
1: the, the Sepiloc um, orangutan mm-hmm. um, conservancy. And it's, it is it's an amazing experience. When you sit there, In the jungle, in their environment, um, and they have the freedom, and you're you're kind of imprisoned by the walkways or whatever. Yes. But you're looking into their eyes, eyeball (sighs) to eyeball, and they are... Just as inquisitive about you as you are about them, Sure. there, there is this commonality. That
2: yes. Is... No, it's, it's a bit wow, scary. Wow, yeah, the hairs are growing up yes. on the back of my neck. It's and, amazing. you know, there are also pygmy elephants in mm. Borneo, which I would love to see as well. So I think that'll have to be a cruise because one, one wants to go through the archipelago and see other yeah. places. But also there's a great snorkeling and marine life in that region, so, again, that's an opportunity, I think, not just on land, but on sea, yeah, to so go under the sea. I was in,
1: over in uh, Kota Kinabalu uh-huh. uh, on the other coast. Where Can you say the, that again? Kota Kinabalu. <laughs> it's kind of magical to say. There are some words like Timbuktu. For yes. instance, you, just, yes. you want to go there because of the name. Anyway, do. So, Kota Kinabalu is is this this lovely place. With, it has little uh, offshore islands with gorgeous coral reefs. And it's,
2: They're trying to count the islands in Indonesia. Yes. so did did you we, hear other, that? Yes? I did. Other but countries that's...
1: are trying to do a, 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 a people census. And they they're trying yeah. to do an island an census.
2: census, but they're concerned because sometimes they can appear yeah. and disappear because they mm. over, you know, they they get water and, and they go underneath the water. Mm. Uh, because they're just so tiny, and then others appear because sometimes a vul- an underwater volcano what? goes off and they pop up some pe- Krakatoa. Pe- piece of course, of land. Is, is, yeah,
1: Krakatoa is, is a good one where yeah. Krakatoa suddenly appeared, blew itself up, and disappeared. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> all that, in one
2: day. We're no, kidding. One, well, well,
1: well, <laughs> and now, now there's, uh, I think, another little island called Child of of Krakatoa that is. See, kind of, yeah, it, it's, it's interesting, thing. isn't it? Yeah, so you think these things are permanent? But
2: no, no, uh, it's like the Maldives, which I would also like oh, to go to because they are they going to be underwater and. I mean, if people don't think there's climate change, I'm here to disabuse you of that notion. You heard it here. not you first, heard it but here. You heard it
1: here again. <laughs> <laughs> and I just
2: hope Mr. Trump is listening to oh, that. <laughs> well, yes, that would be a fine thing.
1: I think the highest point of land in the Maldives is just six foot above sea level. Yeah. So,
2: But again, a place to go to yeah. uh, for maybe a romantic holiday relaxation. Mm. So that's not – it is on my list, but it's further down. Right. The other um, area is Antarctica.
1: Ah, yes. Have you been? One. No, and it is my top three. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Me too, it is. yes. My, particularly now because my older sister has just
2: been. Oh, she, dear. She only went to have one on me. <laughs> <laughs> That's what older sisters do, Chris. I know.
1: But she came back with these amazing photographs.
2: I want to see the king penguins mm. and I want to... I just... I think it's a remarkably beautiful place. And again, we need to go sooner than later mm. And one has to be very thoughtful about this and, and treading on these shores. And the cruise ships that are allowed to go down there are very, very um, carefully defined as to how many landings they can make and to leave no footprint behind as yeah. such, you know, and to be very aware. But uh, people who go, they just say it's remarkable th- to get that close to these, these some of this ice. Yeah. How,
1: how would you suggest? I mean, uh, th- there are different ways. There are larger mm-hmm. ships and there are, are very small um, specialist uh, expedition
2: ships. What what do you I of? think? I think it's such a personal uh, preference. I think for guests who are looking at it, they will all give you a great expedition experience. If you want something um, a little more comfortable, then you go on one of the larger ships, mm-hmm. like a Seabourn or a Panon, or uh, one of the, those ilk that have it's still expedition oriented, but um, they do have rather lovely facilities on board. You can go on a 20 or 30-guest ship where you're basically perhaps sharing toilet facilities and it's almost bunk bed-like. So I think Mm. it depends on your comfort requirements well you also of course for the most part got to navigate through the the
1: drake passage that's which, right <laughs> for those who are prone to seasickness
2: yeah well, and I, I am punch. slightly which is kind of a funny yes, thing but i would go on a bigger yeah. ship but sometimes you can fly across and then pick up the yeah. ship so if people are want to go down there and they're concerned about the drake yeah. They can look into options. There are The key, I guess, now, Chris, is there are so many options, yeah. which is a wonderful thing, but people are very concerned about the environment. And so I think that that is their most important factor. But let's go see some penguins. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Well, I'm, I'm there with you. And yeah. I do know that another one on, on your
1: uh, top to-do list is on my top to-do list too.
2: The Galapagos? Yes. Is <laughs> and I was invited a few years ago and I couldn't go. I was so upset so, yes, it's definitely on the list. And again, of course, a cruise would be great. And I was just actually writing something about celebrity cruises. And they've now got three ships in the Galapagos. They all begin with an X: expedition and... Um and uh, I've gone blank with the other names. But, anyway, but they're, they're also very explorer. carefully controlled, aren't
1: they? Yes. Because, oh, no, because again, no, totally. it's such a fragile environment in, yeah. in the
2: islands. The experience is one of the ships. They actually mm. bought a 16, I think it's a 16-guest catamaran. Then there's a 48-guest ship. And I think there's a 100-guest ship. So it, they all do different things. And Silver Sea goes there as well. And lots of local. The Ecuadorian government is very, very careful about who they let sail there, what they can do there, mm. what they can... Use, so because it's a again a, a national park and a UNESCO, and it's very important. But the thing about the Galapagos is the animals are not in any fear. The birds and animals have no fear for their lives. They've never been hunted. They've always been protected. So they say, "Don't touch the animals or the birds," but they can touch you. <laughs> <laughs> so you just <laughs> and sit they're quite there inquisitive and they, and they come wandering up apparently and peck at you and wander over. And the seals are going, "Oh, hello." <laughs> How nice to see you! Oh, they have an English accent, do they? <laughs> they do.
1: <laughs> I didn't know that. <laughs>
2: For the Galapagos, yes. We should. Uh, we both need to get there soon.
1: Mm, absolutely. Um, well, of course. I, one of the reasons why I so want to go is, is is one of my great heroes is Charles Darwin. Of course. And this is where he, he got his inspiration he uh, did. by just seeing the subtle variations amongst the uh, the bird life and, and the animal life and the, and the different islands where they.
2: And in in fact, there are uh, there are animals on some islands that are not on the other. Others. Yeah. So they stay on island A and they never mm. go to island B and then there's pe- you know, creatures on B that will never go to C. It's it's it, it's yeah. quite contained. They don't it's it's really remarkable the birds don't necessarily fly to another island. They yes. the animals don't swim over, which I think is un, unusual and mm. in very intriguing.
1: And I think another tip too, precisely because of these kind of stories is that you should travel um, with a, a cruise company that, that has a, a naturalist, a professional naturalist. That,
2: yes, they all do in, in this tell area. Tell story. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, the cruise lines are being very much more aware in the last sort of 10 to 15 years of really supplying expert advice on the ships. I remember going on a Silver Sea expedition ship a number of years ago and we saw a blue whale and her calf. And, and, and the expedition leaders were telling us all about the blue whale, which was a rare sighting. I didn't realise it was a rare sighting. I should have known better. I've, I've
1: still not seen one. I've I've, no. I've tried to find one. And we,
2: we slowed down and we just went with her for over two hours, I think. And this whale and calf kept coming up and down and then they'd sides. And then we ran into a pack of about 2,500 dolphin. <laughs> Oh wow. my God, a pod, I suppose, not a pack. Um, yeah. uh, uh, th- unbelievable. They were kind of fishing, so the water was just churning constantly. Wow. These... And this was off the coast of California, down to the Cabo. Wow.
1: OK, I want to talk more about your wildlife experiences in, in the last part of our show. Uh, it was Gustave Flaubert, I think, who said, travel makes one modest. You see what a tiny place you occupy in the world. And mm-hmm. it's, it is so very true. I think if more people travelled, it would be a, a lot saner world around us. I agree. Yeah. We're going to take a, a very short break. And in the final part of the show, Vanessa, I'm going to ask you about some of those uh, animal experiences that uh, have, have made your trips uh, so incredibly uh, memorable. And also some of your favourite travel books, sites what you always travel with some of these uh, insights into your travels as well. You're listening to the Chris Robinson Travel show.
0: What's new with Transat? Where to begin? How about the turquoise waters of the Caribbean? The Transat Cruise program now offers new flights from Toronto and Montreal to San Juan and Tampa. and with Transat there's something new in the air. Their in-flight gourmet experience is an exclusive with a new chef's menu and club-class service, new on Transat's Boeing 737s. When you think Transat, don't just think what's hot for summer, think what's new. Transat.com, what's new with you? Celebrate Canada's 150th birthday this July with Mandarin. Feast on over 150 delicious dishes, including Canadian foods like poutine, maple barbecue ribs, chocolate-dipped bacon, and more. Plus, get a free Canada 150 travel cup with takeout or delivery on orders of $45 or more before tax while supplies last. Visit mandarinrestaurant.com and celebrate Canada
2: today. A celebration of taste. There is a time for everything and a season's for everyone. And the new seasons in Stony Creek is now taking reservations. Live worry-free in retirement with your meals, care, emergency response and housekeeping all provided to you for an affordable monthly rate. The rooftop patios, the indoor walking track, the stunning views of Lake Ontario. Visit seasonsretirement.com and check it out. Then call to book a personal visit. Season Stony Creek Retirement Community. It's the way home feels.
0: Paul Kenny and his son Bogart have made a living off of stuff. And a TV show. Now the stars of Storage Wars Canada are on Zuma Radio. Out there, there are thousands of listeners with stuff. Is it valuable or worthless? In that case, how do I get rid of your stuff? I'm Ben Mercer, host of Consignment Heroes. Call in with a question about your stuff and learn more about it from Paul Kenny and Bogart.
3: You never know. Good thing
0: we do. Consignment Heroes, the one-hour phone-in show all about stuff. Sunday at 1 on Zoomer Radio.
1: I don't often see the same show twice, but with Cavalio Odiseo, that's a whole different story. I saw the show with my husband
2: and our 13-year-old son. And I got to tell you, my son has never been a fan of horses, so I wasn't quite sure what to expect. Bottom line, we loved it from start to finish. The horses, the acrobats, the riders. It was so exciting. It was so elegant, almost dreamlike. It reminded me of those magical storybooks that we all read as children. Cavalio de is one of the few shows that I would see over and over again.
0: Ford employee pricing is back And this summer, you pay what Ford employees pay. No questions asked. Now get over $14,000 in total employee price adjustments on the 2017 Ford F-150 SuperCrew Limited 4x4, part of Canada's best-selling line of trucks for 51 years. Plus, Costco members get an additional $1,000. Get your employee price at findyourford.ca. Tough, smart, capable, undisputed. Crossing oceans and borders with no passport required. You're listening to The Chris Robinson Travel Show on
1: Zoomer Radio. Welcome back to The Travel Show. This is your chance to listen in as I sit down with some of the travel world's acknowledged gurus to find out their travel secrets, their insider's tips, and to tap their lifetimes of knowledge about travel. And today, I'm cruising with Vanessa Lee, owner and publisher of Cruise and Travel Lifestyles magazine. The harbour lights are calling and we'll be docking shortly, so I want to use our remaining minutes together to find out more about your travel experiences, Vanessa. And I want to start with what are your most memorable experiences?
2: Chris, when I think of um, Africa, which I have been Mm. to several times on safari, there was this remarkable moment and uh, i think we were at the ark uh, in ken uh, just uh, in kenya and um you get woken up in the middle of the night to, to see the animals as they come to the salt lake and the water yeah. and there was this hide that it was quite late at night but it wasn't we weren't asleep already and they took us down to this hide which was protected with about five feet of rocks so the animals couldn't come super close maybe three feet and I remember looking through this slit in the, in the wall and this grisly old elephant who was all scarred up. And they knew him. He'd been around a very long time. They figured he was in his 40s at the time. And he came very, very close and I could see his eyelashes. <sighs> and I think I cried. And I'm almost <laughs> getting emotional now because it was such a remarkable moment. He was so close to me. And, I, he, you know, they know you're there. Yeah, they, they smell really you, of that. course. But he wasn't fussed because he'd been coming for many, many years, I believe. And those eyelashes, oh, my God, <laughs> they were exquisite. <laughs> this gnarled up old face, you know. And I just thought, this is what people should see. Is, How can people kill these animals? Oh, I know.
1: And, and their, <sighs> their population of the, of the African elephant is in such dramatic decline. We, it we is. We've got to find a way to and, stop and that. And,
2: you know, let me say one thing here. We should not be encouraging elephant rides. Mm-hmm. We should not be giving money to people who are mistreating uh, elephants, who have them tied up or chained. Some people, mm-hmm. I understand, in some parts of the world, they need to bring an elephant to, to help, you know, give them a life and, a, and, mm-hmm. and some income. But we have to be very, very thoughtful about what we do. It's like swimming with dolphins. Don't do it. Mm-hmm. You know, we need to preserve a marine and and wildlife in in an environment that is safe for them, not to have one elephant in a zoo because elephants need herds, they need company, they don't thrive. It just it just destroys me they, when they, I think yeah, about it. They have this. such
1: emotions. And, yes, and, 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 they do.
2: They cry like I do. Yes. The <laughs> scientists say,
1: no, this isn't just us putting our, our thoughts into it. The, no. no they, they really do have emotions. They do. And and, and with the dolphins, I, I'm with you. I mean, I, I put my hand up. I have swum in, in, in a dolphin area. Me too.
2: Many, many years ago. I didn't know better. Yeah.
1: And, and it was a so-so experience. I mean, it's, it's just, mm. you know. Yeah. But I have also swum in the ocean where the dolphins are wild and dolphins have come up to me. Yes, me too. Nose to beak. And, and that is such a fundamentally different experience. It is incredible. It's, incredible. it's like
2: swimming with sharks in Tahiti. You think, I'm swimming with sharks. Why am I doing this? Oh, I guess I'll survive. Or stingrays, which I've done too, yes. but it's yeah. it's in the wild. Yes,
1: where they can come and go and yes. it's their choice if they want to investigate you. And, and it goes back to what we were saying in the Galapagos too, where mm-hmm. you, know, you sit down and let the wildlife come, come to, to, you. to you if they wish. We
2: need to protect our planet and we need to
1: protect our wildlife. Yeah.
2: So that was an, a moment for yeah. me in my life with the elephant and his eyelashes. And
1: I, I would love to say, and I know it's, it's difficult for, for some people because it's, it's not cheap to, to be able to go on no. safari in Africa. No, but it if isn't. you possibly can, yes. once in your lifetime, do it because those big African skies and the,
2: that incredible wildlife. And take children. I, oh, I've, yes. As I said, I've been several times and one time I took my stepchildren with me and they were from age 10 to sort of 19 or something. And they will never forget that. And it was important to show them the country early on in their lives so they understand what it's all about and they have a bigger heart because of it.
1: Yes, thank you. And I agree. I took my kids, uh, each of them, when they were three years old on on safari for the first time. Good for you. And magical
2: experiences Mm -hmm. each each Especially when you balloon over... Oh, have you done the hot, the, air, the hot air, air balloon over the Masai Mara? Oh, yes. Oh, isn't that uh, incredible? It is. I've actually ballooned on three continents, and every time we crashed. And the, <laughs> not, <laughs> crash, not crash, crash. Sure. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> no, but when you're coming down. Hard the, the hard landing. And the hard landing and the and the basket tips over. Yes. And the first time they said, oh, it doesn't usually tip over. And the second time it doesn't tip <laughs> over. I thought, but the third time I thought, you can't fool me anymore. It <laughs> always I tips over. I know what's going to
1: happen here. And
2: one time we were going through a cow... Of cow field with patties, you know, <laughs> boing boing boing. But the result is you get champagne at the end of it. So. Yeah, so
1: long as the champagne doesn't break. That's right. <laughs> Protect that at all costs.
2: But that's again another great thing to do is to go ballooning and see the world mm. from a different place.
1: Yes, I, I was privileged to do that over the mass migration mm-hmm. uh, in the Masai Mara. Amazing, and, uh, unbelievable. The only disconcerting thing there was we'd just been watching the these pack of lions on on the hunt, and then we came down and tipped over. <laughs> <laughs> and that guy was out with his gun, just to make sure
2: yes, that... Yes, yes. Please don't come was, near us. I know it can happen. You don't know where you're landing all the time.
1: <laughs> I've just had a, a, an amazing wildlife experience in, in Ethiopia, and I uh, talked about it a, a little bit on the show uh-huh. last week, where I was up in the Simeon Mountains, and there was something called the Gelada Baboon up there, and they had these huge, great family uh, yes. families of yes. you know, 400 at a time. And again, wow. I was just sat in the middle of one of these families <sighs> and just watched them interact, and they were swirling around me. I, I just... Just sat there entranced for a couple of hours. Fantastic! That's amazing. Oh, I'm that?
2: envious of that too. Well N- done. Now, when you travel, yes,
1: what do you never travel without? My shoes. <laughs> Your shoes. Because most How people many take shoes them? with
2: them. I actually tend to be a rather overpacker on shoes. Usually, at least ten pairs. It's what? Rather, yes, that's terrible. Ten pairs of shoes. Oh, at least yes, probably. <laughs> I'm glad um, I don't have to carry your suitcases. No, no. I actually can carry my own suitcase, but I don't want to.
1: <laughs> no. Well, I guess for the most part, though, you're talking about uh, cruises. Cruises, yes. So yes, yes. that's that's very, very different.
2: You know, it? I always travel with my iPad, my digital camera. Right. I always travel with um, my passport, which is very handy. Yes. You know? um, books. I'm an avid reader of right, all so, types. Right. So what do you read? Oh gosh, um, anything and everything, but mostly sort of thrillers and crime mysteries, murders. <laughs> do, they, do, do
1: they have to be set
2: in the in the countries that you're visiting, or, yeah, or is it no. just escapism? And what I do is I always take travel guides with me. I'm right. still a person that likes to have books and guides, mm-hmm. and I make loads of notes in them, and then pass them on down, you know, the line. And me, me too, low tech. Yeah. <laughs> <Yeah>. Yes, <laughs> I'm <laughs> low tech in that way. You know, I'll do a lot of research online, but I also like my guidebooks, so especially if I'm going to a new place. What
1: uh, What are your favourite? Uh, Guidebooks, the
2: top ten guides
1: I like a lot. Right, they're pictorially; they're, they're great uh, images, yeah. and they're, they're not
2: that big. Yeah, you know, you can tuck them into things quite easily, and they update them frequently, which is very useful. Oh. So that's always helpful, I think.
1: Is, is there a book that you would recommend for people thinking about cruising that there's act as a as a, a guide well, to cruising? Or obviously, your magazine is well. Really my, good yes, place to certainly.
2: Start? Douglas Ward does some very good books on cruising. Oh. Um, uh, yes, my magazine has a website and uh, we do all sorts of stories on cruise. What is the website? Huh? Uh, cruise, <laughs> lifestyles with an S on the end, right. .com. Right. Um, and I think you know, we also send the magazine out on a complimentary basis so people can go to the site and sign up for it three times a year. Right. Um, but, you know, I think just avid readers and, and checking out all sorts of guidebooks and referrals, people asking people who've been there. Yeah. And, of course... Always use a good travel advisor.
1: Yes, a travel agent is is vital. If imp- you found a good one, might, hold on to them. I
2: agree. It's imperative to have a good good advisor.
1: Mm. And you said you research on the web too. Do you have f- favourite websites?
2: No, I don't have any favourite websites. I tend to sort of troll around and discover things and I'll look at, uh, you know, different uh, places. I have no particular preference. Probably, Chris, because I'm in the business and I yeah. tend to know a lot anyway. Yeah, So I'm afraid I can't help there. (laughs) And as you
1: say, as you are in the business, what what about some insider's tips before we leave
2: you? Insider's tips. Okay, so perhaps on cruising is I think a lot of people say, oh, I don't want to cruise. It's full of lineups and buffets Mm. and bingo and such. Well, it isn't. Uh, I think the most important thing here is to know that there is a cruise ship for everybody. There is a style of cruise. There is a size of ship. People can go very small, they can go very big, they can take families, multi-gen. I think there are so many innovative things occurring on ships. I was just writing about Celebrity Edge, which is a new ship coming next year. It's remarkable. It's blowing me away and I know what I'm reading about. That's
1: saying something, yeah.
2: Um, So I think the tips there are do some homework, figure out what it is that you like to do, what you need from this particular vacation. And hone in on those choices. Right. And the biggest tip of all I can give to anyone is when you travel, keep an open mind, keep your heart open, say a few words of the language and understand that you're in someone else's country and treat them as you would wish to be treated. Very wise
1: words. Thank you. Thank,
2: thank you, you, Vanessa. Thank you for coming onto The
1: Travel Show and, and sharing a little bit of your travel life with us.
2: Oh, Chris, it was my pleasure. I, I really appreciate the invitation. It's always wonderful to spend time with you. Thank you. Well,
1: thank you. Well, we'll be back next week with another travel show. And uh, in the meantime, uh, take a look at some of the destinations featured on The Travel Show website at chrisrobinsontravelshow.com, which includes many of the places that Vanessa and I have been talking about on today's show. Until then, bon voyage and cheerio from the Chris Robinson Travel Show. Hi, Chris Robinson here again with news and views from the world of travel. If Machu Picchu is on your bucket list, then this news is for you. Travellers to Peru's famed Machu Picchu will be restricted in future to visiting during morning or afternoon tours. In a move aimed at conserving the site's archaeological splendor, this move will impact all visitors to this incredible site. The changes are as a result of a study by archaeologists and recommendations from UNESCO on how best to ensure that Machu Picchu isn't harmed by the rising numbers of tourists. The new rules go into effect this month and will allow about 3,600 visitors to enter the ancient Incan citadel from dawn to midday and another 2,700 people to explore during the afternoon. Previously, of course, travelers could spend the entire day taking in the world-renowned site. Visitors will also be required to use a guide-led tour. We'll start seeing more of these kinds of measures to protect some of the world's most famous sites. Air Canada has just inaugurated their new non-stop Toronto-Mumbai service to India. This is the only non-stop flight from Canada to India's largest city of nearly 20 million people. The four-times weekly service is operated with Air Canada's Boeing 787 Dreamliner. Mumbai is regarded as India's financial, commercial and entertainment capital. Air Canada also flies the Toronto-to-Delhi route as a non-stop service. And in other positive news for the airline, Air Canada has just been named Best Airline in North America by the 2017 Skytrax World Airline Awards at the International Paris Air Show. It's the sixth time in eight years the airline has been named the continent's Best Airline by Skytrax, whose survey of almost 20 million air travellers is recognised as the global benchmark of industry excellence. The deal of the week is one celebrating our country's 150th birthday. Parks Canada is inviting Canadians to celebrate our sesquicentenary at our national treasures from coast to coast to coast. To mark this special year, they are offering free admission to all Parks Canada's locations. This offer covers admission to all national parks, national historic sites and national marine conservation areas operated by Parks Canada. Even the seasonal lockage permit is free on all Parks Canada's National Historic Canals throughout the entire 2017 navigation season. And this covers, for instance, Lachine Canal National Historic Site in Montreal and the Rideau Canal National Historic Site in Ontario. This deal extends to December 31st, and you can order your free pass online at pc.gc.ca. Next week on The Travel Show, I invite you to accompany me on a great American road trip along the Oregon Trail. As all great road trips should be, it is truly epic. The Oregon Trail itself was a historic migration path for almost half a million pioneers in the mid-19th century who traveled from the Missouri River to the west to Oregon and to California in search of their own promised lands. Ride with me as I drive 4,500 kilometres across Kansas, Nebraska, South Dakota, Wyoming, Idaho and Oregon, seeking out echoes of the trail, as well as dropping in on Mount Rushmore and Yellowstone National Park. I start with my feet in the Missouri mud and end up in the surf of the Pacific Ocean. Do drop in at the ChrisRobinsonTravelShow.com website for the details of this show, and while you're there look for the links to my travel blog on my recent journey to Ethiopia. And don't forget to tune in next Saturday or Sunday at 11am here on Zuma Radio to join me as we take the Oregon Trail here on the Chris Robinson Travel Show.